Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Family Renewal Podcast. Today, I have author and conference speaker, Ruth Adams. She is the author of a book called Legacy, Reflections of a Homeschooled, Homeschooling Mama. And this is going to be fun for me because I really don't think on the uh, podcast I've had a chance to interview very many homeschooled graduates. I know I talked with uh, Bradley Pierce from Heritage Defense. I don't know that I've talked to very many other, oh, I guess uh, Kate Loop uh, from Principles of Mathematics. Um, uh, you know, I've talked to a couple, but but uh, we met at a conference in Dallas some years ago, and uh, I was surprised to find that um, Ruth is a homeschool graduate that kind of goes back to my era uh, of homeschooling back in the early 1980s. And her book is a fabulous book that talks about her experience growing up being home educated and now uh, being a homeschool mother herself. So um, first of all, why don't you, w- welcome to the show, Ruth, and why don't you introduce your family to us and then we'll jump in and talk about your book. Well, thank you, Israel. Um, our family really appreciates you and your family and your friendship and your ministry and family renewal. So it's an honor to be here. So thank you. For this privilege. But yes, I'm Ruth Adams and I'm married to my husband, Matt Adams, and we have seven children. Um, we've been homeschooling all the way along. I was homeschooled. Now this is the second generation homeschooling and we graduated our first born, and, and she is in college. And then we have six more that were in the thick of homeschooling. We live um, right outside the Houston, Texas area. And my husband works in the oil and gas industry here. So, so then you, this book, um, again, from your experience of both being a homeschool mom, but also being a homeschooled graduate, uh, what was part of what the motivation that inspired you to write the book? Well, at the time um, that I started writing the book, I had been involved in homeschooling for almost four decades. And um, I had seen a lot happen in the homeschooling movement. I had watched the explosion of homeschooling. Um, I had all these children I was homeschooling. And I had seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of the homeschooling movement. I also grew up in a ministry home. My dad was a pastor through all my growing up years and beyond. And so I also saw um, some ministry falling out, happening um, through that. But um, when these things happen, uh, it can cause disillusionment. It can kind of pull the rug out from under your feet. And so about the time I began writing the book, there had been a major falling out in the homeschooling movement. And it was very heavy on my heart. And I saw many homeschool families that were really kind of like the sheep that were scattering because they didn't have a shepherd. And I saw many disillusioned, uh, weary, burned out homeschool families. And I was trying to process my own reaction. And I was talking to my husband and he said, Ruth, you've 
got so much perspective having come from what I call the prehistoric days of the homeschooling movement, you know, beyond before the pioneer days, like I'm historic, you know, and I know that you come from my generation and your wife and your sister. And so anyway, he said, you have perspective from these decades and now you've been homeschooling our children for a long while. You should really write what's on your heart. You should speak into this. You should encourage homeschool families and just encourage them to not grow weary and well-doing because the Bible says to not grow weary because in the end we'll reap a harvest if we do not uh, lose heart and give up. And so um, he encouraged me and I began writing and I was kind of like, well, I don't know if it'll ever turn into a book. I'll just write my thoughts. I'll write my heart and my children can read this and they can know my heart towards them one day when they read what I wrote. And if the Lord wants it to turn into a book, it will. And um, so anyway, I just wanted to encourage um, families that it doesn't matter um, what happens, who may disappoint us along the way, what ministry may fall, because we need to be standing on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. He should be our foundation. And I think of the hymn by Edward Moat that says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. And so if our hope is in homeschooling, or if it's in a ministry leader, whether that's in the church or in the homeschooling movement, if it's in the correct curriculum that we think is, you know, we've got to find the perfect curriculum for our family. If it's in any of these things, really our focus is in the wrong place. And when these disillusioning things happen from time to time, it will really uh, disillusion us and we won't know, you know, we won't have a solid foundation. And so I just wanted to encourage families to press on and to um, look to Christ, look to the cross, look to the gospel, to not lose heart, to not grow weary and well-doing. I also wanted to um, express that I am a grateful homeschool graduate. Um, I know that I've seen stories on online of um, students who are not grateful for their homeschool experience. And I, I know that for you know every one of those disgruntled homeschool graduates, there are many homeschool graduates who are very thankful for the sacrifices that their parents made. And I believe that God used homeschooling as a tool in my life. And I'm quick to say it's not the Savior. We must not think that we're going to follow a formula, we're going to homeschool, and we're going to have a guarantee that our children are going to walk with Christ because that's just not the case. But I believe it can be a powerful tool as parents. Embrace that Deuteronomy 6 model of walking along with their children and teaching them the ways of the Lord as they rise up, as they lie down, and as they walk along the way. And that's what my parents did with me. And I believe that God used it, and I'm so thankful for the time I had with my parents. I'm thankful that growing up in a pastor's home, I was kind of brought on board with the ministry mindset and given opportunities to serve the Lord. As a little you know, young girl, that might have been running Xerox copies in my dad's office. And as I matured, the responsibilities grew into uh, working with children and being involved in music. But I learned from my parents that it's a joy to serve the Lord. And so um, I also wanted to give practical helps to moms through this book because I know that we're wearing many hats and we're spending many plates all the time. And I wanted to just give encouragement. I'm not an expert at all in home management or anything like that. But the Lord has 
faithful and he's taught me a few things through the years and he's still teaching me. So I also wanted to just give encouragement um, on this side as the homeschooling mother to, to other moms. I think sometimes when people have an experience, especially one that may be um, a bit culturally off-center or on the margins of what is considered culturally accepted. And homeschooling has been one of those things. When we were growing up, it certainly was a cult marginalized concept. It's, it's more mainstream now, although, you know, I think yeah. with, um, you know, with only what two to 4% of the population being homeschooled, um, it's still on the margins. But when people experience that, if they don't have an ideal scenario, sometimes they pendulum swing in a really reactionary way, uh, in, in the opposite direction of what, how they were raised. And that could be homeschooling. It could be conservative Christianity. Um, it could be a staunch theological or denominational upbringing. Um, pe- people tend to pendulum swing. And I feel like your book was, was trying to address that. It was trying to speak to just some of the reactions that people were having against extremes maybe that they experienced or or mistakes perhaps that they experienced and i like the fact that your book is very balanced it it comes across as being understanding and compassionate to people who really did have bad experiences uh in some way but it also recognizes that we we all have a lot we can be thankful for and even if we didn't have the ideal scenario even if we didn't have the perfect scenario um there's still as much that we can be thankful for and and we have to decide um, that we're going to move forward from where we are. And I, I know you've seen this and I've seen this, that a lot of times I think homeschool graduates can get stuck, um, whether that's just, you know, stuck in some sort of blame game um, with blaming their parents, blaming their circumstances, blaming their upbringing, blaming their schooling. Um, they can get stuck in just a paralysis that keeps them from being able to move forward. And that's just not positive. And I think your book is a good anecdote for that. It, it addresses uh, the need to strive for holiness without um, embracing legalism. I think you, you have a great balance of, of truth and grace. Look, um, so, so let's say, though, that there's some homeschooled student out there who is now an adult, and you know, maybe they're having a harder time seeing the silver lining of their childhood or their experience uh, because of, you know, their, their dynamic was different than ours, or maybe just they're wired different and they process differently. And so for them, it's just harder to let go of the bad and, and embrace the good. Um, most of us, I don't think have a, a completely monolithic upbringing where it's all bad or it's all good. Right. Um, but, but I think some people have a hard time keeping the good and taking that with them. If there was any bad in it at all. Uh, or if there was a lot of that in it. So what would you say to that maybe homeschooled graduate who feels sort of disillusioned with their upbringing and is now trying to find their own way with their own families? Well, A.W. Tozer said, when I understand that everything happening to me is to make me more Christ-like, it relieves a great deal of anxiety. So I think, first of all, we can rest in the sovereignty of God and that he's using all circumstances in our lives, good and bad. Um, I also think that none of us had a perfect upbringing. And I think that um, it's kind of funny because I'll hear disgruntled homeschoolers kind of complain about some things. And, and, it, and it is very true that some did have very bad experiences. Mm-hmm. That's 
true. But I believe a lot of them came from homes where their parents' intention yeah. really for their good. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think about my own parents. They didn't do everything perfectly, but I understand the heart that they had. Right. And they didn't have hardly any support. Uh, you know, they didn't have big conventions. They didn't have podcasts. They didn't, you know, they had just very limited resources. And they were just simply obedient to God's call to take responsibility to disciple me. And, you know, I say they, they homeschooled me, but I, I'm so much more grateful for the discipleship, that they got the discipleship that they understood that I was home because they wanted a heart relationship with me and they wanted to disciple me. What does it look like to have a walk with the Lord? How, how do I, um, you know, get a vision for serving the Lord through my life and being about his kingdom and his glory? And they passed those values down to me. Um, but they simply did the best that they could. And God filled in the gaps. And I think that then I hear um, students from public school oftentimes, I've had um, public school graduates hear about my legacy and homeschooling saying, oh, I wish my parents had done that because public school was just horrible, you know, and I had all these horrible things happen in public school. So I think that we can always pick out the negative, but I think God would have us to focus on the positive and to realize that he has a plan and he is faithful through every circumstance. The older that I get, the more convinced I am that most parents really do want what's best for their children. Some of them just don't have good tools. They don't have good information. They don't know how to get from A to Z. And I believe many of them do a lot of the wrong things for the right reasons. And sometimes right. if we can look past what our parents did to why they did what they did, we can have more grace, have more compassion for them. And maybe that's a perspective that you have more readily when you have children. And you mentioned that your daughter is in college now. And I think when your children get to that stage of becoming adult children and you realize that they're going to be on their own and they're going to have an assessment and evaluation of their parent, their experience growing up in your home um, and that they may have judgments of you and how you raise them. Uh, the desire that we have is we want them to be merciful to us. We want them to be compassionate and to understand our heart, understand our motives, hopefully give us the benefit of the doubt at times that we really wanted what was best. We tried the best that we could. We did the best we knew. I think it's what we want, but I just wonder, you know, in what way is it fair for us to to not give mercy to our parents and their mistakes and then to expect it for ourselves? Um, it just seems like the, the best way, perhaps, for us to have a reasonable expectation of receiving that from our own children is to maybe model that <laughs> in terms of how we, we even talk about our own parents. And, and I've had people say, well, you know, some people just process better than others. And I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I know even in my own family, I have siblings who have processed the very same experiences differently than I have. <laughs> and so... I get that. But mm -hmm. I, I think that um, the people will find in your book something that will give them light and hope and direction as opposed to, uh, you know, you're really not condemning anything in particular. You're, you're trying to, to navigate. You're trying to help people navigate, I think. And, you know, there are times where I think people have decided that you, you have to be in a camp of some kind, a liberal camp or a conservative camp or you know, a certain theological camp or whatever, you're, you're not focused on that. You're really focused on 
do you, you know, what is your walk with Christ like and, and what kind of legacy do you want to leave for your children? So I guess one question I would have for you is just the perspective that you have now as a mom, you look back on when you were a brand new mom and you had your, your first child or two. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I think I had a lot more idealism when my children were first born. I have a lot more realism now, many years and many children later. So what, what would you say to your, your, your young mom self that if you could go back and, and give yourself advice, what, what would you say? I think I would say, you know, make sure that we're measuring success with the right measuring stick. Um, the world's view of success is very different than a biblical view of success. And we're all, you know, taught from our earliest years that we need to grow up and be successful in terms of the American dream and making lots of money and having influence and fame and all of these things that the world values. But when we go back to Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And then he will be like a fruitful tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit and its season. It's like also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so um, what I'm extracting from there is that true success is not what the world defines it as. True success in our families as Christians and homeschoolers is when we are gathered around the word of God and we are loving the word of God. We are seeking it out as treasure and we are seeking to apply it in our lives. And then our children go on to carry that into the next generation. Um, you know, we're not just raising our children, this generation, we're raising our children as grandparents and um, our faithfulness and giving them the word of God and biblical truth will um, reap benefit by God's grace for generations to come. And so that's, that's the vision for success there. Make sure that we're not getting caught up and distracted by the world's um, view of success. And then um, also, really, what is true thriving and success in our homeschool? We need to make sure we're not being distracted by all of the things that are screaming at us, especially with social media and all, like the Pinterest perfect school room. And, you know, um, that my house looks a certain way all the time, and I'm always able to make it look picture perfect. Um, even that my children are always, you know, happy and cheerful and cooperating with me all the time. And um, we're not looking at like the success of the moment when the dishes are piled up and the laundry and, you know, someone's whining. We're looking at like 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Will the hearts of our children be towards Christ? Will they be uh, taking that baton of faith and carrying it on into the next generation? And so I, I would say to, you know, younger moms, stay focused. And I, the Lord gave me Matthew 6.33 as a verse that just kind of is like, the heartbeat of what we're trying to do here in our homeschool discipleship program is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And I believe that all these things includes the academics. And so, um, you know, that we can teach everything in the admonition and fear of the Lord. And Proverbs 1, 7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so when we're, we're teaching history, 
we're not just elevating men as like heroes. We're saying God is the hero that enabled this man to do this great thing. You know, uh, God enabled George Washington to do the things he did for our country. And we're elevating God. And then, you know, in science, we're seeing um, the majesties of, a great, of our great creator through nature and all. In math, we're learning that God is a God of order and consistency. And we teach our little ones that you're going to learn to read so you can read God's word. Isn't this exciting? So that all of our learning is a lifestyle where we're trying to point them to the Savior. We're trying to point them to be able to trace the fingerprints of God, no matter what we're studying and in all of our living, whatever we're doing, that we are just constantly trying to point them to Christ. And um, so I would say... Um, Stay focused on that. And I would also say, pray, pray, pray. Because it's not that we will be able to um, be successful enough, with, that we are skilled enough parents, that we figured it all out. But what we really need is we need the blessing of God upon our efforts. I believe that we as parents need to be faithful to everything that God has called us to do. But ultimately, uh, we need the, the blessing of God. Charles Spurgeon said, it is not your instruction that can save the souls of your children. It is the blessing of God's Holy Spirit accompanying your labors. Wow. So we can do all the good. We can strive. We can give our all. But apart from the Holy Spirit of God, visiting the hearts of our children and regenerating. You know, that's what my husband, Matt, and I are pleading with the Lord for the souls of each of our children, that they will love Christ and that their hearts will be made alive. So that, I I mean, I really believe, Israel, that in this generation of the selfie generation and the narcissism and just the evil in our culture. I believe that for any of our children to have any desire to follow Christ is a true working of the Holy Spirit of God. And so if there was ever a time for parents to be prayerful and humbly seeking the Lord, I believe it is now. Mm -hmm. Well, the book is called Legacy. The author is Ruth Adams. Um, Just tell us real quickly, how would you describe this book? If someone were to ask you, Uh, Who is this book for? Who's your intended audience? Um, What is the purpose of the book? How would you describe it in your own words? Well, I guess I wrote it thinking of moms and dads, probably mostly moms that would be reading it. But it's also kind of been a surprise to me that um, many of my single lady friends have also really enjoyed it and have been able to identify with, I, I pretty much share my life story in there of being a little girl, being homeschooled, and then growing older, and then being a single adult lady and getting married, having children. And so there's a lot in there because I was homeschooled that a lot of my single adult friends who also were homeschooled um, identify with. And I think it's been a real encouragement to them. But um, yeah, just, and really, I think even someone who wasn't homeschooling could extract a vision from the book to um, take family discipleship seriously, to to take that really seriously, to make sacrifices, whatever is necessary, to get to the hearts of our children, and to be have a, um, I say my homeschool experience was like a 24-7 discipleship center. My parents were always talking about the Lord. Sacred Christian music was playing. 
great teachers like Elizabeth Elliott were, were being heard throughout the house. Um, my parents were always there and able to talk with me, whatever would come up that I needed wisdom on. Um, but we want to cultivate that kind of atmosphere in our homes. And, um, you know, there's a, a real battle raging for the souls of our children. And um, the Lord has called us to a mission field. And it may not be across the seas. It's oftentimes within the walls of our own homes. We want to be faithful to that. So I think any parent who has that heartbeat for getting to the heart of their child and discipling their children for Christ would be encouraged. Absolutely. I think very much uh, the, the mother or father who has not been home educated, maybe wasn't raised in a Christian home at all, I think they might benefit from the book more than anyone. Because I know for myself growing up, there was one family in particular that their family dynamic was so radically different than anything that I'd ever seen that it inspired me with what was possible. Mm. And so I needed to be able to see a a family legacy lived out in a human paradigm. And I, I just had never seen it in that way. I mean, my own experience was that, uh, Christianity doesn't go very deep in our family. And so, you know, we don't have the long heritage of faithfulness on from generation to generation to generation. And I met a family that had that and uh, just saw the the possibilities of it. And it was inspiring for me. So um, I I think that with your book, what you're presenting as a model for a legacy, what we should be aiming at, I think it could be uh, really pivotal and groundbreaking for a lot of families who maybe have never even thought in those categories. You know, they've just, um, they, they've come to faith themselves and uh, they're excited about that, but they don't have the background. They don't have, they weren't discipled themselves. So when you say they need to disciple their children, that seems a little daunting to them because they don't have a template for it. But I think this book, uh, Legacy, in some ways is going to give them a bit of a template for what, you know, again, not a legalistic prescription, but a vision, um, a picture of how to do that. So how can people get a hold of your book and get connected with you to learn more about you and what you do? Well, I have a website, LegacyHomeschoolReflections.com. All the information and links to all of my social media should be on there. And we have a store on there where we have the legacy book. Um, Also, we have a brand new picture book that's based on the legacy book, but it's for little girls called A Legacy of Faith for Young Ladies. And, And that's on there. And then we have some scripture writing journals that we've just put out for ladies and for young ladies and my daughters and I are going through these together and talking about well we're doing our scripture writing separately and then we're getting together and talking about it and sharing what we received from those passages in the word but and then I have a podcast a weekly podcast that I really enjoy and just being able to encourage ladies in that way and that is on iTunes it's called the Legacy Homeschool Reflections Podcast and it's also um, you can just go to my website and listen to the podcast there as well and then what about social media do you have ways people can connect with you on social media yeah at Facebook I'm at Ruth L Adams on Facebook and then I'm on Instagram I think that's hard at home two four on Instagram but I think all the and there's others I'm on Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube I think all of those little buttons are on my website Well, I'm going to encourage you as listeners to check out Ruth Adams' resources. Uh, For those of you who are listening on the audio, 
you don't have the advantage that some of the YouTube subscribers do. We have a YouTube version of the podcast, and you can see how beautiful the covers are on these books and resources. Uh, so these are things that you're going to enjoy having in your house, just even from an aesthetic standpoint. It's going to really brighten things up and uh, provide some beauty and, and uh, uh, reflect the glory of God even in your home. So I encourage you guys to connect with her and listen, subscribe to her podcast. Uh, I think you will be greatly benefited. We, we talk to a lot of people who say, oh, I just wish that I had a mentor, but nobody's available for me. Nobody has time for me. And you know, I think sometimes re- real life mentorships, although I think they're the best and they're ideal, uh, sometimes you go through seasons where that's not physically available to you in your local area with someone that you know. Um, but I know I've been mentored an awful lot through authors and through people that I've listened to their audio recordings. And sometimes you have to take advantage of mentoring over the miles. And Ruth is a great mentor. I think you'll be blessed by uh, what, what she has. So Ruth, we will plan to, uh, Lord willing, have you back on in the podcast in the future. But thank you for joining us today. Well, it's been a joy. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit FamilyRenewal.org.